You're now listening to Binge Brew Brain Podcast, the show that teaches simple neuroscience-based strategies to ending overeating, binge eating, emotional eating, and yo-yo dieting. I'm Natalia, your host, and I'm here to help you create wellness without the obsession. Let's get started. Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing? Are you excited for today's episode in which I'm going to share with you my thoughts on weight loss, especially weight loss after binge eating recovery? And I'm also going to add some thoughts on set point theory. So if you've been wondering whether you need to give up weight loss goals forever, just because right now you struggle with binge eating, I'm going to share with you my thoughts uh, on that topic. So actually, let's start right away. I'm going to give you the answer right now. And it is, it depends. And it is probably the best answer any health professional could give you because it always depends on so many factors. Sometimes it's the most true answer. So in the last episode, I share with you that intentional pursuit of weight loss shouldn't be combined with binge eating recovery. But today I wanted to answer the question whether you need to give up weight loss goals like forever. So I'm going to repeat myself what I said in the past episode, that first of all, you need to achieve full recovery from disordered eating behaviors and also disordered eating thoughts. Then when you feel confident uh, in that, you have to go to a a maintenance uh, mode. So for a while, just don't try to manipulate your body or your eating, just try to eat intuitively. And then when you feel confident enough that you are fully recovered and you don't see uh, any way back to your eating disorder, then you may ask yourself if you really want to pursue weight loss again. So if you've done the work on radical self-acceptance, body acceptance, and you are able to see through the bullshit that is fed on us in social media or in media in general about beauty standards, you might find yourself not desiring weight loss anymore. Again, if you've done that work and if you fully recovered, you may find yourself not desiring weight loss uh, anymore. Because once you see that after years of yo-yo dieting, weight loss would demand from you a lot of thought and energy, you may notice that costs of, of weight loss outweigh the benefits. Or quite the opposite, you may find also yourself being passionate about fitness. We <laughs> never know. But coming back to the eating disorder recovery... I assume that you listen to this podcast because you struggle with food in one way or another. So I want to make a, 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 dis, a distinction between a desire for, for weight loss and active pursuit of weight loss. So your desire to lose weight, it may be always there with you, mainly because of, of our culture, of uh, all of the messages we receive through social media. So those thoughts about weight loss, they might uh, pop up into, into your mind. And that's totally fine. What, what matters is what you're going to do with those thoughts, whether you're going to act on them or whether you're going to just dismiss them and see them as a faulty messages from your brain. Because wanting... Because you need to realize that wanting your body to look different is not the same as sacrificing your mental health to do so, right? 
So you may want to look different, but you are not going to engage in any in any active uh, behaviors that are supposed to change your body. So again, desiring weight loss is different than active pursuit of it. And if you are in active recovery, meaning you still try to sort out your shit with food, I believe that you need to really postpone any weight loss goals. But I also recognize that giving up weight loss goals is something that stops people from entering the recovery mode in the first place. That's why I will never say that you shouldn't ever pursue weight loss. No, let, I, I prefer to say that let's postpone it. Let's work on your relationship with yourself, with your body, with food first. And then when you feel confident that you are not going to revert back to your eating disorder, then you may think whether you want to pursue weight loss. So if you are right now in the recovery mode, you need to postpone any weight loss goals. And you can even put them in your calendar, right? If you believe that maybe working on your recovery will take you uh, six months, year, two years, put that in your calendar that after a year of being in an active recovery, you are going to reevaluate whether you really want to pursue weight loss. Because during your journey to binge eating recovery, your brain will offer you thoughts. It will offer you thoughts like, hey, maybe we should lose weight. Hey, maybe we should restrict a little bit. But then what you can say back to your brain is that, hey, we, we have that in a calendar for a year. We are giving up any weight loss goals and then we are going to reevaluate, right? Uh, so maybe <laughs> when, when a year will pass, maybe you're going to realize that it's not something you want to do anymore. But definitely you need to give yourself time when you are not focusing on weight loss. And whenever your brain offers you those thoughts, just remind yourself that no, right now we are doing recovery we will think about weight loss after the specific date. And when the, when the specific date comes, but you still don't feel uh, like it's the right time, you can again postpone it. So you are not saying to yourself that you cannot ever pursue weight loss. You are just postponing it, which is very good for your brain. And right now I would like to share with you in general my beliefs about weight loss. And I think that they are also going to be helpful for you. So first belief I have is that your worthiness doesn't change with the size of your body because you are always 100% worthy. You were born 100% worthy and it doesn't change. Like whatever you did in your life, you are still worthy and people should never be treated like they are less worthy because they live in a larger body. That's why I support a healthy at every size movement because I want to end weight discrimination, weight bias, weight stigma, and so on. I don't want people to go to the doctor with their real symptoms and the doctor will just tell them that they need to lose weight because this is what weight bias is associated with, right? Doctors believe that if you lose weight, everything would be better. So instead of looking for a root cause of your symptoms, they will just disregard it and say like, hey, lose weight. Once you lose weight, come back to me and we are going to reassess. The other belief I have about weight loss is that losing weight will not solve 
any of your problems. I know that you believe that once you are leaner, you are going to be happier, more confident, etc. But remember that those feelings are created by your thoughts. And to some extent, you can control your thoughts. So if you are not happy right now, it's probably because you have thoughts that create unhappiness. And you could create happiness for yourself if you would slightly reframe your thinking because those thoughts that create happiness confidence they those thoughts are already available to you but you just don't give yourself permission to think them because you think that you are not worthy of those things because of your body size but again those thoughts you can create them right thoughts are just sentences in your brain so they're always available to you you just choose um, not to engage with them not to believe in them right Another belief about weight loss I hold on to is that you should never feel pressured to lose weight. Doctors should ask you about your permission if you want to discuss your weight during health checkup and you can say yes or no. But nobody should um, just assume that definitely you need to, we need to talk about your, your weight. You should first give, give them permission to, to discuss it. I also believe that it is possible to engage in healthy behaviors and improve your health markers without any weight loss. And that's very important statement. So you can improve your health without losing even one pound. But it's important that those healthy behaviors you engage in, that they are enjoyable for you. I remember there was a study about uh, done on mice and one mouse was forced to run um, the same distance like the other ma- uh, mouse, but the other mouse was doing it voluntarily. So one mouse was um, was doing free running, but the other m- mouse was uh, forced to do that, to do the same distance. So the, the mouse would, which was forced to run she had totally like worse health outcomes. She was more stressed because she was forced to exercise and the other uh, animal that was uh, that was encouraged to do the free running had better health outcomes. <laughs> so the bottom line is that even if you engage in healthy behaviors, but they are not enjoyable for you, they may not lead to better health outcomes. So it's better to just just engage in activities that actually bring you pleasure. Another weight loss belief I have is that it's not appropriate to make negative comments about another person's body and it doesn't matter how close you are to that person. I also believe that it's possible to accept your body as it is and pursue weight loss. I also believe that it's possible to pursue weight loss in healthy and sustainable way. But of course, rapid weight loss methods are probably not healthy and not sustainable. But also, by saying that it's possible to pursue weight loss in healthy and sustainable way, I want to emphasize that it might not be possible for everyone to pursue healthy weight loss. Because just because... It is possible just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. Also, it's worth remembering that what's healthy and sustainable for one person may not be healthy and may not be sustainable for the other person. 
I also believe that people should have the right to pursue weight loss without being shamed for it. One more belief I have is that someone who wants to lose weight in a healthy way should have access and support and to resources that are needed to to do so, to, to lose weight, right? And that's the problem I see right now, that there are so many people who are anti-weight loss um, that soon <laughs> there might be just not enough reasonable, reasonable people who talk about realistic weight loss solution. I see so many dietitians right now being anti uh, anti-weight loss, which is great. Of course, we need those voices in the space. But at the same time, you know, to who are we going to go for a weight loss advice if somebody really wants to do it in a healthy and sustainable uh, way? So I think that it is possible, but we need to provide people with access to uh, to those resources that will help them uh, to uh, approach weight loss in in healthy way. So those are my thoughts on weight loss. And I assume that you may have some questions about that. So I one question I assume you may have is that, is it possible to lose weight during binge eating recovery? So my answer is yes. I had clients who, who did that. Also, I lost weight I lost weight within the next um, couple of months after stopping binge eating, but it is very, very individual. It is possible, but I wouldn't count on it or expect it to happen for sure because it depends on variety of factors. And if you hope that you will lose weight um, during binge eating recovery, I think that it might actually stand on your way to faster and full eating disorder recovery. So for some people, knowing that they can pursue healthy weight loss after uh, recovery, it works for them, right? It, it, I don't know, in a way, maybe it motivates them to still be in their recovery to work um, towards healthy relationship with food. But for some people uh, that believe that they can still lose weight, it, I don't know, in a way that may disappoint them if, if the weight loss doesn't happen as quickly as they would, would, would want it, right? So this belief that they can lose weight after binge eating recovery or during binge eating recovery, this belief may, may work against them, against you, right? <laughs> because it prevents you from diving deeper why you want to lose weight in the first place, why you attach so much value to your body size, um, what obstacles are standing on your way to accept your body now. So I think that um, that belief that you can lose weight during binge eating recovery, it's a double-edged sword. It For some people, it, it's good, but some for, for some people, it's it just going to act against them. The second question you may have is about set point theory. What do I think about it? And is it aligned with my beliefs about weight, weight loss goals? What, what is set point theory in general? So set point theory proposes that your body has predetermined range of body weight. It feels comfortable within. And when you do something to change this set point, your body will use hormones, hunger, behavioral changes, and also other uh, mechanisms to defend that uh, body weight. So it works a little bit like a thermostat. There is a number and it wants to protect it. this number. But set point theory, 
as you can see even here, even in the name, it says that it's set. So it's fixed. It cannot be changed. But we all know that people can successfully lose or gain weight, right? Because um, set point theory uh, says that it should defend against uh, any changes. So when you are losing or gaining weight. And I guess that there are some explanations that set point sort of stays the same, but the body uh, body's me metabolism changes. Honestly, I don't remember. It's been a while since I read a research about it. So I don't remember... Mm, correctly what the what the theory you know what, what are the the mechanisms be behind the the theory but th there are a couple of of problems with with the set point theory and again the the most obvious one is okay what's happening to people who are eating more than they should right we know that obesity rates are raising uh, we know that chronic overeating will lead to uh, to weight gain. So instead of set point theory, we could maybe get familiar with settling point theory. So there are a couple of couple of theories, a couple of models of obesity, and they are all very complicated and none of them shows the, the full picture. But I want you to know that there is not only set point theory, but there is also settling point theory. So set point theory says that set point is like a thermostat. There is a certain number and brain defends, defends this specific body fat percentage. But settling theory says that there are a couple of ways you can influence this set point. That the set point or settling point is not predetermined, but your body settles at a certain range based on several factors. So of course, genes may predispose you to certain behaviors, but genes interaction with environment, this really matters. So what impacts your set point is based on your habits. So settling point is influenced by social, nutritional and environmental factors. So sure, your body will defend, defend amount of fat you have inside your body, but this number isn't predetermined but different systems can influence it. Of course, your body strives to keep uh, homeostasis, but there are several factors that, that impacts uh, where that set point is. Um, and of course, you know, both theories have many limitations and they receive criticism. So uh, don't take it out as a face value. Uh, this research is still done and there are many... Uh, more clever people than me who still argue uh, which theory is um, is more real. But I want you to know that just your settling point will be influenced by your genetics, physical activity, diets, uh, hormone levels. And let me give you a, a, a quick example. So right now, let's say that my body is at certain set point, And if I would try to change something, I would try to eat less, my body will try to defend this set point. But if you would take me somewhere else, for example, if you would put me on a farm in a tropical country with access only to like fresh fruits and the nearest supermarket would be one hour away from that farm and all day I would do physical work, of course that my settling point would be lower 
because my environment would change. Everything would change and I believe that my set point or rather settling point would be lower because of all of those factors around me. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if I, <laughs> if I explained it correctly. Anyways, you can do the research on your own. You can read um, research papers about set points, settling point. So again, I'm j I just want to show you that there are different uh, explanations of why it's so hard to, to lose weight and <laughs> you have to just do the research on your own. But anyways, to summarize today's episode, I believe that healthy and sustainable weight loss after eating disorder is possible, but probably not for everyone. And we need to remember that weight loss requires some sacrifice. If you want to lose weight just by eating less, your body will find ways to defend its set point or settling point. It's possible to lower your settling point a little bit, or maybe not even lower, but just influence it. But it requires changes in your lifestyle, diet, activity level, environment. So if you want to pursue weight loss, you really need to ask yourself, is it worth it? How much will you have to sacrifice? Not only in terms of time, but also mental resources. Sure, for some people, weight loss is easy. But probably not for you, for a person who already has uh, has been struggling for such a long time with binging, restricting, it probably won't be easy. Sure, there I, I've heard a couple of histories of people who, you know, switched from sweet drinks to maybe diet, soda, and they lost weight, lost weight. Maybe they stopped drinking alcohol and they already lost 10 pounds, but it's probably not going to be not gonna be you. Of course, I also believe that your past doesn't determine your future, but your body, in a way, it keeps score. So years of dieting reshaped your body and brain. It impacted how your genes are expressed. So if you want to regain your capacity for healthy weight loss, you will need to do some work. <laughs> your body will have to start trusting you again. And this is often complicated process. <laughs> anyway, I would really love to hear your thoughts about that. So I hope that maybe I'm going to receive some, some messages on social media or maybe I'm going to receive some emails about this topic. I would really love to start a discussion. I would really love to hear what you think about it because, you know, on this podcast, it's a long monologue. So I'm just sharing you with you my thoughts, but I don't know what other people are thinking. Maybe there are some flaws in my thinking, right? And it would be good for other people to point it out. <laughs> That's all what I'm saying. If you want to share with me your thoughts, I would highly appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening and see you next time. Bye. If you enjoyed today's episode and you would like to stay in touch with me, make sure to follow Pinchproof Brain on Instagram. And if you are ready to take this material to the next level and apply what you've learned, then go ahead and submit your application for my Pinchproof Brain coaching program. Thank you so much for joining me today and have a great day.